Murph challenge, mostly done, 16 rounds, felt pretty good. Language convo class, eh, a bit rough, but still did it. Future of education, what do you think? Where will you have to be to attain this? And prehistoric planet, what if the aliens sounded like, what if aliens sound like dinosaurs? Are we sending the wrong message? Friday, August 26, 2022. I'm Stephen Sierski. Folks, uh, thanks for joining me. And if you're uh, watching the live uh, broadcast, yeah, you're seeing me wear my panda headband because uh, my hair is long enough that it consistently and constantly gets in my eyes, which I actually don't like. Uh, people have commented that the hair, oh, it looks good, it looks good. I'm like, yeah, it's a horribly annoying length of hair, and I've started to have to wear these headbands. And I don't actually have a headband, so I either use my uh, sleep mask as a headband, or I realize that I have have this um, these little panda ear-like headband panda faces that I can use as a headband instead. So I've been using that uh, to uh, hold back the hair, well, only while I'm in my apartment. Outside, if I'm working out and stuff like that, I have like a like a bandana type of thing, but it's very it's kind of tight, so I, I don't like wearing it. Uh, in, in the apartment when I actually have to think about what I'm doing. <laughs> uh, up and early this morning and out the door. Pretty good workout, uh, not going to lie. I did it unweighted today. So Friday, I typically do this uh, uh, Murph challenge, which um, if you're not familiar with, it's a, it's a one-mile run. Uh, then it's 100 pull-ups, 200 uh, uh, push-ups, 300 air squats, followed by another one-mile run so one mile is about 1.6 kilometers and um overall i mean it was a decent decent workout it felt pretty good after that i wasn't uh, i wasn't in a rush to get to work today so i had a later start which was very nice i could actually spend the time uh and uh do a few more rounds so i did 16 rounds uh total of the the pull-ups push-ups and air squats and that took me 30 minutes roughly and i was thinking about actually doing the whole 20 rounds, but I, I started double thinking of going, no, I want to leave some in the tank for later on in the day, uh, and uh, so, so I can get a second workout in in the afternoon, Did I, but then I was, as I was sort of doing the last mile and doing the cool down, I was like, you know, I really, could, I could have scrapped the second workout, or even, I mean, even still, I could have gone even half rate in the afternoon workout and just gone full out in the morning. The problem with switching in the moment like that, that I've found, if you have one goal for your workout and then you try to change it halfway through or even like as you're nearing it, first, I have realized that I get sloppy uh, later on in the, uh, the workout and that by breaking up the workouts into two portions, so morning and afternoon, and keeping the like the weight lifting or like you know, sort of the heavy lifting restricted to about 25 to 35 25 to 30 minutes uh, thereabouts I'm not in as much danger of uh, wearing myself out fatiguing in the middle of a set or a rep and also making sure that my form stays relatively consistent so uh, with that sort of six hour break in between the workouts uh, it's uh, it, I find it's a little bit more of a I'm more efficient that way. Whether or not it's helping to build any more muscle. Again, 
my goal here hasn't been necessarily to build a lot of muscle. I've not been looking to gain mass. I've been more looking to drop fat, hence the high endurance uh, activities that I'm doing, a lot of the cardio, uh, a lot of the, the kettlebell swings and stuff like that, a lot of stuff that are fo is focused on uh, getting the, uh, the heart rate up, um, doing a lot of uh, quick sort of movements and stuff like that, a lot of skipping, running, uh, well, jogging, more <laughs> more like jogging than running, uh, and then also uh, like medicine ball workouts and stuff like that. So that's been the goal. It, I have not been focusing on building mass. Now, in the afternoons on Wednesdays and Fridays, I've started to slow down my workouts quite a bit and focus more on going very, very slow and lifting uh, heavier weights. So it's, I have a 20K uh, kettlebell and a 28 kettle, 28K kettlebell. And lifting those slowly, I have found, it, I mean, what it used to take me th to do three sets, I will do maybe one set worth. And I have found that that has helped put a little bit more strength, not necessarily muscle mass. And I've noticed this because in doing the pull-ups today, they went a lot easier than they did some other times, I tell you. Uh, I was actually surprised doing today's, I did I did it unweighted today. I was more going for time total. I wanted to see what I could do. Uh, so the two-mile warm-up took me just about 21 minutes, there, thereabouts. The one-mile, uh, the first mile took me 9 minutes and 17 seconds to run. Um, the workout, again, as, as I said, took 29 minutes uh, and 37 seconds. And then the last mile I ran uh, took 8 minutes and 55 seconds. Actually, it was probably a bit less, I think. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that last mile, 8.55, after running three miles prior, I was actually surprised I was able to, to run that quickly. But by then, I was pretty warm, unweighted, uh, and I was I was running for time. I wasn't running to cool down like I have been uh, for other times. So, and I've noticed that if I do that, if I sort of tell myself if I'm going to do 15 rounds, I typically am able to do 15 rounds. And if I want to run that mile for time, I'm able to run that much faster uh, and get the better time. Now, if I'm not in a big rush sometimes, like if I'm not doing it for time, I'll just more jog that one out, uh, more for a cool down rather than uh, an actual uh, workout. But yeah, overall, uh, I mean, I guess I could have done 20 rounds. I did 16. The reason I did 16 is actually because I was record. I recorded the first round, I recorded the fifth, and the tenth, and then I forgot to do the 15th, so I'm like, well, if you forgot, then you should do one more. And I was like, okay, well, that, that all sounds all great and done, but by 15 rounds, I was, <laughs> I mean, I was um, going pretty slow at that point. Uh, even though I was unweighted. The push-ups are still going well, air squats are still going well, but they have the pull-ups, uh, those I was starting to struggle a little bit. But I mean, all told, I mean, 16 rounds times five pull-ups, I mean, 75, uh, 80, whatever it is, um, uh, pull-ups, I'm, I'm not going to complain at that number. <laughs> That's uh, not bad at all. Uh, no, it can't be 80. I'm doing something wrong here. Five times, that's 65, 70, somewhere around there. Um, four times 15 is 60, right? So something like that. Oh my goodness, my math is terrible. Anyway, decent number, decent uh, workout. Uh, I'm not going to lie. Um, has to be more than that. Oh my goodness, Stephen, this is why I'm an English teacher. Not, well, you know, that and other reasons, but it says 80 pull-ups. So if I did another four rounds, yeah, there you go, Stephen. Come on, you should know. <laughs> 
four more rounds of five pull-ups would be 20. <laughs> and that would have been the 100 pull-ups. And I'm thinking the numbers are a lot smaller, a lot bigger than they should be. Oh, look at I was actually doing 140. No, I was not doing 140 pull-ups. But uh, uh, anyway, there you go. 80 pull-ups uh, before breakfast. Not bad. I'm not going to complain. So I uh, did it unweighted. Um, was... I was thinking, no, I was like, you know what? I'm going to do this one on weighted because I wanted to do it for time rather than for strength. And so next week, I might alternate these, like do one week strength, one week unweighted uh, for time sort of thing, just to see if I can keep up in some way. I'm going to keep my weight vest at uh, four kilos for now, maybe maybe five kilos because I'll put another little uh, sandbag in there or something just to even it out. Uh, but uh, I don't want to push it too much more. I want to give my, my body some time to uh, uh, build up uh, a little bit. So, yeah, overall, pretty good. I was uh, actually impressed that I wasn't so tired after. I wasn't tired at all. Afternoon workout, again, another two miles. That one went very slow, 11 minutes per mile. And then also I did some slow weight lifts, uh, weight lifts after that. Um, again, like very slow Turkish get-ups, slow um, arm workouts and stuff like that. Slow squats, everything just like half to a quarter pace, focusing more on just going as slow as possible and feeling that weight. And I feel it in my arms now, I tell you. And I didn't stretch after, which was because I actually had another conversation class at 530 uh, that uh, I guess I booked yesterday. And I was, I think, yeah, I had a couple of beers. And I was like, yeah, I'll book this conversation class. It should be easy. Whatever, you know, ring in the weekend. Um, not realizing that, uh, you know, having a, class at 5.30 on Friday evening after workout um, really throws off your eating schedule. And as a result, not only my eating schedule, but uh, my stretching schedule as well. So, um, oops, got to, typically I order in on Fridays. And so I have the food uh, ready and waiting for me. Today, for some reason, I thought it'd be healthier and better to have chicken wings instead look like i have these uh chicken wings that i bought like raw chicken wings uh not battered so they're they're, they're plain um but uh, i thought that would be better than ordering in a burger little did i realize i still have to wash dishes <laughs> snap done lango uh, language convo class so what was this i booked another I want to see, I have some credits left on italki, and uh, I mentioned before that I was a little hesitant of getting any more credits because the US dollar is kind of high at the moment, and that I was going to wait for it to come down. The Chinese teachers, if I can touch base with them, um, I, I wouldn't mind getting their WeChat I mean, so that I can pay them through WeChat rather than having to purchase italki credits which is in U.S. dollars. I was trying to avoid this as much as I can, um, though I'm not. I'm, I'm, there's, I'm not having very much success with this. So uh, we'll see sort of what else I can sort of arrange. Because again, yeah, I don't want to be paying anything extra if I don't have to, given the conversion fees. Even though, as I speak, uh, it, those Italki credits are already paid for, right? So they're. they're not getting that money back anyway so um it's got to be used up i guess at some point it's just how i how i go about spending it but this conversation class the idea was actually to have a strictly conversational class that would not be focused on vocabulary development or gr grammar or anything uh and it would just be you know can i actually understand what a native speaker would say or a, you know a naturalized speaker and i was 
speaking with this, uh, I guess she's from uh, the eastern portion of Ukraine, but her uh, her 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 mother tongue is uh, closer is not the nas- not one of the major na- it is one of the major national languages of Ukraine, uh, but uh, not Ukrainian. So. Uh, but uh, she did notice that I did speak some Ukrainian. She's like, why, why are you speaking Ukrainian when you book this lesson instead? I'm going, well, which is, you know, similar to, um, I guess, the, the, the similarity of this question and wonderment on behalf of uh, uh, some of my teachers are, is similar to um, the question of, like, where are you from? From, like, Chinese teachers. Like, oh, where are you from? You know, how long have you been in China for? Are you married? Yes. <laughs> they don't. Teachers don't ask, are you married yet? Uh, but uh, they, they do those sort of standard questions. And part of my tutoring or my, my classes with this uh, one language that I'm studying, it, it is it, it, it does come up where it's like, why, why are you speaking Ukrainian? Are, are you Ukrainian? I'm like, I'm definitely not Ukrainian. I have a Canadian passport. I'm part of the Ukrainian diaspora. They know that name. So that, that, that word, the diaspora, so the descendants or the people who... They, expats. <laughs> if you're uh, from North America, if you're a white guy, if you're a white woman, uh, if you're an English speaker and you go to another country, you're called an expat. But if you're not, if you are pretty much non-white and non-English uh, speaker, you're called a immigrant. <laughs> or uh, you're... you're if you're part of the descendants, it's diaspora. So this is, I mean, it's expat by another name. Um, and so we talked a little bit about that. And I, I do like the word expat a little bit more because, uh, although, let's let's clarify something here. Given that, diaspora means that they're not going back to the homelands. Like they're, they're immigrating typically, uh, could be asylum seekers, uh, refugees. So it's a, a large gamut of people that are included in that, uh, you know, the diaspora, it's anyone who sort of de- uh, descended from people who are from the homeland. Expat are people who've chosen to leave their homeland, um, but could return, have a choice of going back, and often choose to remain outside of where they were born for any number of reasons. Uh, and as English teachers, I mean, we do it because we can. We can travel around the world. Uh, the language skill is still in demand um, in more places than others, and sometimes it pays more, sometimes it uh, just offers some uh, interesting opportunities and good stories for when we're in the nursing home later on in life, right? Uh, but yeah, I was thinking with this uh, conversation class technique of doing this with Chinese, because I am having a horrible time of not only finding time to uh, uh, practice my vocabulary, but also talking to people like I since I work at home uh, I work in English I am not able to practice the language that I'm trying to to learn at this time and I want to be able to do this uh, it, I don't want to do the standard conversation that you have outside I want someone who is a trained teacher but who also offers these conversational classes that are meant to be done in the the target language, my target language, rather than like a language exchange or like a, oh, you're a foreigner with a big beard in China. Do you like Chinese food? Nah, we don't need to talk about Chinese food. Let's talk about something else. Please, please, please. Uh, So that that would be the idea behind uh, doing these uh, conversational classes. All of which got me thinking 
uh, this uh, online stuff. I'm doing the Delta now, and uh, I was uh, doing some some work today as well of the future of education. So this, uh, I mean, this is a bit of a change in direction here, but all of this online, uh, and you know, I even sort of subscribed to this uh, Gary Vaynerchuk's uh, idea that if you have a cell phone, you're in the game. If you have the internet, you're in the game. You know, you're you if you are not starting a business but you have any sort of inclination of um, what you should be doing, it's like building any sort of other business, then yeah, it's it's definitely that time to uh, to do it. Like If you're not going to do it now, stop talking about it, basically. Uh, so that being the case, uh, I was thinking um, this whole idea of the future of education, even IP blocking aside... You're going to have to be in a big city. So whereas now we have like major universities that are sort of like your, your temples of knowledge, your repositories, and they are publishing things online as well. And in theory, and I remember saying this a couple of years ago, you know, even if you're out in the, uh, the sticks, you can access things online. It's true, but the, the, the connection is slow. And you'll, you'll recall my frustration with uploading these MP3s to my website. Like there's... There's a certain amount of time that you will allow the internet to be slow before you forget what you were doing. Because you can do so many other things, but even the old adage, like, well, just go do something else and wait for it to work, it doesn't work. Because when you got to upload something, when you got to access something, there's a certain amount of time that you can focus on it. And if it doesn't load in that time, then you're SOL. I mean, you're, you can't just... You can't set something to load if you're focus if you're thinking that you're going to block off that time to study, set it to load, go do the dishes. Well, now your brain has already switched to dishwashing and then by the time you come back you're going to think of three other things to do. It's it's distracting. So even not that moving to a big city is going to be any guarantee that you'll be able to focus or access the internet any better, but it's better than it would be in the country. Granted, it depends on what type of internet connection you buy. You can get uh, optical cables run out to your, your your farmstead if you want. It'll cost a pretty penny, but uh, you could definitely do it, and those things uh, are pretty fast. Same with satellite. I know they offer satellite uh, fees as well, uh, and those can be pretty good depending on the weather. If it's cloudy, not so good. You could have two or three, I guess. So that's the idea. I was thinking, yeah, no, you'd probably have to be in a major center of something uh, so you can access the information highway, the internet at decent speeds. But your your choice of learning is going to be so huge going forward that it's really going to come down to your own dedication and then picking one person who's going to become like your quote unquote mentor. And I say mentor is because Someone's going to have a website. Someone's going to have a, um, a a channel on YouTube, on iTalkie, or whatever. And they're going to post all these videos, uh, all these resources, and you're either going to be attracted to it and be like, okay, this is the person I want to study with, or you're going to use it, but then try to study on your own, and then maybe find someone who you connect better with to learn as a as a you know under a mentorship program of sort. And by mentorship, I mean student. I mean you're you're still a student. Uh, it's not like being a mentor is anything different other than being, you know, often, uh, often it's like a business uh, student, but like a, a student of the business and entrepreneurial worlds. Uh, but um, that's what it, I mean, going forward, five, ten years with 
this is not even metaverse. This isn't even NFTs and blockchain. This is this is this is separate. Going forward in the next five years, with the the recurring pandemic issue of whatever going on, it's going to be if you don't have a website, uh, you're going to re- heavily restrict your market. If you're not publishing online in a variety of formats, you're going to restrict your market, and you're going to be the um, the subject, you're going to be subjected to sort of restrictions that come along with being uh, visaed, like given a visa, and living in any one residence, any any one country. So uh, I guess if you're not uh, moving forward, you're moving backwards. Is that what it is? Is that That's not what I'm trying to say. I'm saying future of education is online. I'm saying the future of education, even though it is online, you're still going to have to be in a big city because you need access to good, decent speed internet uh it, it, there's just no way around that finally i was watching a prehistoric planet again during my workout and i don't know i kind of like these uh these dinosaur i have um prehistoric planet and planet and uh for all mankind uh, these are the two documentaries that I've, well fiction one was a documentary and there's all for all mankind like a fictitious take on the um i think it's a fictitious take on the apollo 11 launch when the united states finally put a, a man on the moon uh, but uh, prehistoric plan, I was thinking, you know, what is we're sending messages out to the cosmos uh, in English, and then this documentary is talking about 66 million years ago, these massive reptiles are you know slogging around the earth. Um, and going, what if we're, we're, we're pinging planets of dinosaurs and they're sitting there going, the why do I? I think I was talking about this, why, why do I have a headache, sort of thing, but what. Like, do we have to reconstruct the vocal dynamics of dinosaurs in order to connect with them? And even if we did, then what, right? <laughs> You're talking to dinosaurs. Great. Good on you. What's going to happen? <laughs> More meat, I guess. Oh, goodness. Uh, yeah, so I was thinking, yeah, are we sending the right messages with the uh, the, the alien dinosaurs? It wouldn't be interesting. 66 million years ago, do you think the same type of dinosaurs would have grown up on other planets. Isn't that crazy to think, you know? I mean, we, we kind of assume Star Trek and Star Wars has sort of given us the, uh, you know, what is it, um, the, the eye-shaped spinal cord humanoid-type aliens. Well, what if they're not? What if they're more like dinosaurs and birds and reptiles and stuff, or fish, rather than human upright walking-type creatures? Good question. All right, folks, I'm going to leave it there. Enough thinking for today. It's the weekend. Hope you guys have a good one. Show notes, tracks, and vids up on my website, stevensterski.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. I appreciate it. And we will talk again. Have a good one. Bye-bye.